welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Welcome to another episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Deck. Leela McRae is with me, and we have a special treat for our audience. Patrick Height is going to be with us for most, if not the entire A Block, because we just enjoy talking to him so much. And Patrick, let's go ahead. He doesn't know what we're talking about anymore. Right. Well, and then we're still going to talk to him about it just to see what happens. We might have to go to school board topics. But we're gonna keep them locked in. So <laughs> I can, I can, I got you covered. Though, I was you gonna say, can we not? Um, <laughs> that that makes me sad. Um, let's talk about the Buffalo Gap Curls. They got a big win tonight, Patrick Height. It was huge. I mean, they're they're playing. They were playing Rappahannock County, the team they had just lost to in the regional championship game. Uh, lost by eight points in that game. Uh, so you, you didn't know what to expect. They were playing at Strasbury High School. And really, the first half was rough to watch. I mean, both teams struggled, a lot of turnovers, just and, and not really – just unforced errors, I guess, if we want to use a tennis term there, right? I mean, they, they, they weren't turnovers because it was great defense. It just was not, not crisp basketball. Shots were not going in. But I thought Buffalo Gap really turned it up in the third quarter and started playing really well. Got some huge, huge baskets. Hannah Kaufman is just a freshman. Um, has come off the bench a lot this season, but but got a lot of time tonight, uh, uh, mainly because uh, their point guard, uh, Bailey Talley, is hurt. Uh, got hurt in the quarterfinals and is out for the season, which is two games. But she is she's gone for the rest of the year. So, so Hannah Kaufman comes in plays a whale of a game, scores, scores 10 points. And there's a really balanced scoring on this team, um, but scores 10 points, hits a huge three in that third quarter. Um, and then you know, I, Ava Klein uh, played the point guard. I, um, as we're recording this, I had just um, talked to head coach Philip Morgan, and he had a lot of praise for Ava Klein, who had to play the point in place of, of Tally. Uh, she hadn't played the point since really last year, he said. Um, so he was, you know, you've got a player that hasn't played the point. All of a sudden you're asked state semifinals, handle the ball, uh, get things done. And she did it. She did a really nice job. And then she even scored some points down the stretch at some big baskets down the stretch. So I, I think Buffalo got played a really good game, good second half, especially. And they held off a rally too. They got a 10 point lead in that third quarter. It got cut to three early in the fourth and they were able to withstand that. And, and hold on and pull away at the end for the wins. So, so a huge win for Buffalo Gap. And here they are. They're back in the state championship game. They played uh, there 2018 when they lost to Central Wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now they dropped down to class one, of course, this year. And now they get a, another chance to go. It won't be easy. Honeakers is a pretty, pretty good team. <laughs> uh, destroyed Perry McClure uh, tonight. But um uh but you know hey gaps in the state championship game and that's that's huge uh two years in a row we've had a, a local team in the state championship in class one riverheads was there last year and and lost to the same homemaker team so yeah i mean this was a game you know riverheads and gap played a real close one in that region semi-final so uh you know as the riverheads homer that i am i'm appreciative that gaps making the most of of, of beating riverheads then uh because i was you know wanting to see if riverheads could could go but you know, Gap plays the style of of a defense defense heavy defense led 
game. And and I agree with you. I used to watch the game as well. In the first half, they were recipients of, of poor play, I think, in a lot of those turnovers. And Gap got a little bit of a lead. But when they settled in and actually, I think, forced the turnovers and, and had the better defense and then made some shots, uh, that's when they pulled away. And that was good. And they, I, what I really liked out of them down the stretch was – they were up 10, and I said out loud, I said, I don't think Rappahannock County could score more than 26. Well, then they immediately score like nine points, and I'm like, uh-oh, here's a huge run. Can Gap hold on to this? And then Gap closed it and then took care of it from there and went on a you know 14-1 or 14-3 to run, whatever it was, and just did a great job closing out. Having that ability to stop a run and then have one of your own is something they will need if they're going to beat Honegger, you know, Honegger's good. We'll see what happens. But they're going to have to withstand runs and have runs of their own to win that game. And I'm glad they're going to come off an experience where they've just done that. Um, it'll just be harder competition to do it against. But, I, yeah, you got you got to be in the game to win the game, and here they sit. And, and it also helps that this game is Monday night, which was a, yeah. you know, a concern there that there was a big turnaround from, from playing Friday night to having to play Monday because all they got was a practice Saturday. And then I think he said uh, – Coach Morgan said they had a – a, um, a walkthrough on Monday. So that was a quick turnaround, but now they've got the whole week to kind of get ready uh, yeah. for, for Honeaker. And uh, that, that's that got to help some at least. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know with high school players, sometimes is it better to just have a quick turnaround so they don't think about it too much or, or do you give them a week to prepare? But but uh, Gap has that whole week to, to kind of get ready. And Philip Morgan is such a good coach. You know, he'll come up with some plan that, that I think will keep – Gap in the game. It's not going to be. It's not going to be an easy, easy contest. But I think Philip Morgan's a good enough coach that that'll come up with something that that will give Gap a chance on Saturday. Uh, and I wanted to ask you. I, I obviously you just posted the story, so I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But um, as Stu Gotts would say, it's getting, a great story. You should really read as it. Stu's, as Stu Gotts would say, I'm getting to it. Um, but they're talking to me. They uh, <laughs> with with Buffalo Gap being such a young team, uh, you know, is Coach Morgan. Does he view that as a, an advantage or a disadvantage going in against an experienced Honeaker team? I know Leland's talked about it numerous times with that first state championship Riverheads one. It was kind of a thing where they were so young and not experienced at that level or getting that far. It was kind of like they didn't realize they weren't supposed to be there. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it could go either way, obviously. Yeah, you're playing VCU, playing on this, this big court that they, these players have never, never been on before. Uh, that can be overwhelming for young players, but you're right. Also, it, it might just be like, they don't know they're not supposed to, to be in this game. They're, they don't know that Honeaker is supposed to win this game handily. So maybe, maybe that helps. Uh, I guess, yeah. I guess we'll find out at four 30 on, right. on Saturday. That's at least it's not on Honeaker's home court. That's what Riverheads had to go do last year. And I, I felt like that was a, even with the limited fans, there was still fans and you're still playing on their floor, their gym. Honeaker's very comfortable there. I, I, I think, it's it sets up better for Gap this year, and yeah, I mean we'll see what happens. We'll see. I mean, obviously rooting for them. I think they're capable of doing it, but I also think Honecker's capable of denying it. So, now, it, it, you know, and let's let's face it. I mean, not having Tally there is going to be that's yeah. going to be a big blow to them. I mean, she was such yeah. a big part of that team. I mean, first team all district, first team all region this year. Uh, she's such a big part of that team. You know, losing her, do you think okay, the quick turnaround, the young team doesn't think about that too much. They still have to play. Now they got a whole week to also think about that, you know, not having her there. 
Um, but you know, it also gives you know gives client a, a week to kind of get ready and, and prepare and practice and play. So, you know, I, basically, I'm saying I have no clue what <laughs> what what happened Saturday with a young team. They could go out and, and and play the game of their life and pull an upset that nobody's expecting, or you know, they they may like Riverheads last year just not be able to to withstand a really good Honeaker team. Um, we'll we'll find out. Moving I think on. the common thread there will be River. I really remember Riverheads last year not not giving up. Even late, they were playing hard, trying to make baskets. That's what Gap's going to do. That's what I think both those teams. I think we saw it in the in that region semifinal when Gap beat Riverheads. You know that game went both ways in there, and Gap pulled it out in the end. They both just fight till the end. Um, traditionally, that's what the programs do. That's what those coaches have them doing. And uh, so I no doubt they'll they'll be battling to the end, even even if the scoreboard's not what they want. Even if it is what they want, they're going to be battling hard right up to the end. I agree with you. I look back at the region championship. I mean, uh, yeah. Rappahannock County had them down 17, I think, at one point in oh. that game. Um, and, and they come off a third quarter where they didn't even score a point. And a lot of teams would have just said, this is not our night. They're already in the state uh, state tournament. So a lot of teams would have just given up. And they didn't. They fought back. They got it within eight. So, so yeah, I think this team has a lot of fight. Um, in them, and I think that's going to bode well for them on, on Saturday. Uh, moving on to some other local teams that had their seasons wrap up, Fort Defiance being one of them. Uh, they took one on the chin against Carroll County. Look, that Leland and I talked about it last week. Their, their style of play means that they can shock some teams, but it also means if the team knows how to beat the press and Fort Defiance has a cold night shooting, it can be a recipe for disaster. And that's kind of what happened when they played Carroll County, a really, really good girls basketball team. Yeah, Carroll County uh, beat up on Spotswood pretty good tonight in the state semifinals. So uh, Carroll County is the real deal. I mean, they've been there the last couple of years and just come up short. Um, and that's one thing. I, when I talked to Mike Gale last week in practice, he or after a practice, he said, um, he said, yeah, you know, Carroll County team has been there and come up short. And he he was really worried that they were kind of just really laser focused in and, and wanting to win it this year. And so he was kind of, I think, concerned of, as to what his team might face. I mean, and you're right. We saw this for years with Stuart Straff boys team, right? They, they, that style of play kept them in a lot of games. Um, you never could count them out, but if, if you're right, if you know how to, certain coaches know how to attack that, know how to take the, the easy baskets that, that draft or that, you know, in this case, Fort will give them because that system does give you some easy baskets. If you know how to take advantage of that, you then you know, and and you don't let the press affect you too much. You can you can beat that system, and and that's what Carroll County. They, I don't I, system, no system, whatever. Carroll County is just a good team. Yeah. yeah. And Fort, Fort's a really good team. Fort had a great great season, but they just were no matches. It's Spotswood show tonight. Just, Carroll County is kind of in a, in a class by itself, I think, this year. Yeah, I mean, when you get that team against that against that system, uh, that you know, a lot of teams just try to you know slow the game back down to a to somewhat towards a normal pace. But when you get a team that's tailing enough, just to be like okay, let's let's run it, let's, let's go. Play. Let's we're going to play good at this. Like, yeah, it's it's that's when you give up a hundred, and I think we've seen it in the past with Coach Gale teams, and we saw it last week, and it was tough to tough to watch. I, I had it on there and. You know, after a great season, you hate for it to be so lopsided. Um, you know, there's always that, that you know, middle of summer radio question, uh, you know, dog days uh, sports radio question of, would you rather get run out of the gym or would you rather be close? 
And I'm always one that says I'd rather be close. I'd rather have had that chance. I'd rather think that, you know, I could have one and not be proven that I couldn't. Uh, so I feel bad for the, the talent on that team. You know, all the D1 talent that they have on that team, maybe not all in basketball, but uh, the D1 talent that's, good, that's on that roster, for them to end that way, I feel bad for them there. But they made a heck of a run. They dominated the district, um, really showed themselves well throughout. I know they, they came short in that region championship, but they, they had a heck of a year and something to really build on. I mean, that's your first year putting that system in. I know Coach Gale wasn't that successful at True Draft his first year with that system. So I, I really commend them for what they were able to do, um, you know, taking the coaching and playing well. I, I agree with that. I, I, I think uh, I think he couldn't have asked for a much better yeah. first year um, at that Thorpe. And, and, and they, I mean, yeah, they lose Kirby Ransom. That's that's huge. I mean, the, the school's all-time leading scorer now. So you, yeah. you lose her, that's going to be a problem. They've got to find somebody that can score points. But that's what this system does. It just allows – that allows people to, to be able to score. And so they'll find somebody next year that'll, that'll hopefully step up and, and do that. And, and you mentioned the, uh, the, the D one talent. It's, it's weird. I haven't seen too many teams like that where, you know, they have, have D one talent, but not in basketball. Right. I mean, yeah. because, uh, because Lillian Barry is going to go play D one at softball at Penn state. Um, Blake Cook is going to play uh, at James Madison university post soccer. So I thought that was kind of interesting with this team is that you have D1 quality athletes just not not in a the sport they were playing. Uh, but, hey, I, I, I love that team, and uh, I, I think Coach Gale is good for that program, and I know he's happy to be home at Fort Defiance. So uh, I, I think there's big things in the future for that team. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting in the fact that they have multiple D1 athletes in different sports. I agree with you there. Um, but I think that's also a sign, and maybe this is a lesson, not saying that there's, you know uh, – crop of undiscovered D1 athletes in Augusta County necessarily, but like it's, it's a case against specializing and trying to say like, Oh, I'm going to specialize in this sport and only do this sport because D1 coaches, when they're recruiting, they want to know what else you do other than that sport. And when you say other sports, that makes them excited. Cause they're like, okay, this person's an all around athlete, awesome. not just tunnel vision focused on this one sport. Hey, I, I asked Ellie cook at practice last week about that. We, uh, before, I talked to several of the players, and while we were waiting, she'd come out early in the locker room, and we were just talking. And I, I asked her about that and, and her coaches at James Madison, and she said they were thrilled that she played volleyball this year and that she's playing basketball. She said um, they were just really happy that she was playing other sports. Um, and, and, you know, so I, I think you're right. I think that just goes against specializing if we can get these players to, to play multiple sports, and they almost have to in Augusta County just because yeah. the schools yeah. aren't big enough to, to, to fill teams uh, without players playing multiple sports. And, and even without the next level aspect of that, just think of these experiences that these kids are having. Like, you, you know, you might not have a state run in that sport you're specializing in, and now this memory that you're going to have with a state run in, in basketball, I, I think that's my biggest draw for it because th- throw away all the future – the now of it and the, and the ability to have these experiences and, and you get some schools that you can have multiple run, like runs in different sports. I mean, Riverheads has been, you know, kind of in that stretch where obviously football is the constant, but baseball's had their, their times and, and, in other sports, it's, it's cool that these, you know, you get these baseball players that have multiple rings and, and all that. I just think, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's, it's great for these kids to be able to do that. Brayson Fulton just comes to my mind there. You know, he, he went out for football his senior year. That was the first year, he had played, I think, since 
JV. And then, you know, he's on his way to JMU to play baseball, but you know, he has that experience of, of, of playing football, playing deep with baseball. I, th- I thought it was great. I was going to get Riverhead saying in there, right? That's, that's what I do. My you got to get that in. By the way, by the way, I, I passed over this. You mentioned the, uh, the debate of would you rather get blown out or uh, lose a close game? Could you mention that next time you ever talk to Chris Lassador? Because the two of us have that debate all the time. I mean, we we run into each other in a gym, and he will bring that up, and we will have that debate. And I'm I'm with you. I would rather lose that close game, be there at the end, and and come up short than to get blown out. Now, he always adds this caveat of, well, you know, maybe I don't want to get blown out, but I'd rather lose by. 12, 13, than I would lose by one on the last second shot. Yes. Yeah, okay, fine. But I still would rather lose by one because you had the chance. You were there. You you had a chance. Um, and his point is always, I don't want to, the rest of my life, I'm going to think about that that shot that I missed or or maybe we played better defense and that, that shot doesn't go in and we win. I don't know. I still want to be in have that- the game. I'd rather have that believable scenario where I could have won. I'd rather have that. I, I would agree with you. See, I knew, I, you're, you're a pretty smart guy there, Leon. I knew you I I'd hear you say something. Don't. That, you worry me. You worry me, though, because you're talking about um, an athletic argument that you and Chris Lassiter have having, and you're trying to, and you're, you're on my side <laughs> convincing me here. That, that actually really shakes me. See? Because uh, it's like, oh, Lassiter has a bit more experience. See, I think this is just... But I did a column on this a while back, and I I actually should revisit that at some point because this was several years ago. And I asked a bunch of coaches and a bunch of athletes the same question. And a few sided with them, but most of them sided with uh, with the argument that you and I have. So so that was coaches and athletes that were on our side as well. My my direct comparison, again, we'll have to dip into the well here because I went to Riverheads there. But my last football game was we went for two and lost. That was the final game of my high school career. And then that team the next week went and played William Campbell and got beat by like 50. And I was like, man, that probably would have happened to us. I'd rather have lost by one than the exact example of what could have likely <laughs> happened to us the next week. So. No. Jim's shaking his head. No. At least then you know the other team is just better than you. No, I don't. I never want to accept that I, that someone was better. Well, I I'm a realist, and, and I am full – I am fully in understanding of that. It it drives me nuts as a fan when I when my team is like a heartbeat away from winning and that then they lose. It hurts way more. At least when we get killed, I can emotionally check out at one point and just be like, "All right, well, we're just not the better team here. Like this team's better and that's, you know, that's sports." But if my team is sitting there at the end and then they lose, then I'm questioning coaching, I'm questioning players, I'm questioning decision making, I'm questioning officiating. I don't want to do that. I would rather just get trashed and then just be like, you know what? We're just not better than them. I'd rather be JMU men's basketball this year. Now, some people try to make it about other things like officiating and they're getting screwed in all these games. And that's how they're six and whatever in the conference. It's just that they're not good. Like that's the actual problem. I'd rather be that than, you know, sit here and be like, Oh my gosh, if this one call went differently, they'd be in the tournament. Well, uh, you're you're wrong, Joe, in this case. But uh, I'm right. But I think this okay. is we'll proof do, that Patrick. We'll do equal opportunity. We'll get Lassiter on. I want I want to hear Lassiter um, agree with Joe and have them both. And he's him. and he's passionate. He is passionate about this argument. See, I see him, and he starts talking, and then he, you know, Chris knows everybody, right? And so then he starts drawing other people in. He goes and tells people, "Hey, hey, Patrick and I have had this, oh, the this right discussion." People, 
<laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't because the last time uh, he, he pulled, I forget where we were, and he there were two people standing there, and he pulled them in, and he said, what is this? And they sat it with me, and and he just kind of threw his hands up at that point. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's passionate about it, so so get him on, and he will be happy to have that discussion. We're, we're due for some more Lassiter, so we, that's, that's a good reminder. Well, the last local so, team that we need to talk about yeah. To, to wrap up the high school stuff, uh, Buffalo Gap, the boys, they lost to Lancaster in the state quarterfinals. Who would lose to Washington Elite tonight? Uh, and that actually was a bit of a shock because Lancaster was 24-1 and this year and had beaten them three times. But they don't beat them that fourth time, and now their season is over too. But for Buffalo Gap boys, a really good year for them getting into the state tournament, and um, they just couldn't beat a good Lancaster team is all. No, I, they, you know, Lancaster was so good. In fact, uh, Chad Ward had said that, he, you know, they most people thought they were the favorite to win it, as you said. You know, that, that, that kind of was upset tonight. But but Buffalo Gap, Chad's done an amazing job of turning that program around. I mean, boys basketball was an afterthought, really, for, for many years before he got there. And he's just kind of, I guess, slowly, but, but actually – in his first season or so, he had some success with that program, yeah. and he's brought them along, and he's done a really, really nice job. Um, and they have some talent on that team. Bennett Bowers is a heck of a, a basketball player. Um, you know, I, I'm really impressed with what he's done, and I think he's built, building a program there, you know, and, and I think they're going to be around for a while. And being in fast one is going to help them, but but I think he's got a, a good program there, and, and they, they're going to be somebody that, you know, I think the Shenandoah District is going to have to – to yep. look at and, and respect for, for a number of years now. Uh, for, uh, for a team that finished second in the Shenandoah this year, no one Bowers is coming back. I mean, they're, they're going to be one of the first teams to talk about next year when the season gets going. So that'll, that'll be exciting. That's a big difference. for Doesn't seem that long ago, Patrick, I, I believe you were out there and you tweeted the score. I think it was Fort Gap, uh, obviously before Fort was in the district and it was some unbelievably lopsided. I don't know if it was zero, but it was, it was terrible. And I think I'd like, Hey man, you have a typo. And you're like, no, I don't. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> it was bad. It didn't seem like yeah, that. No, no, it was some ugly basketball when it came to boys basketball, Buffalo gap. And, and they have, have turned that around and it's been impressive. And they, they have nothing to be ashamed about this year. Great season. Oh, just a, just a really difficult task for them to go to Lancaster and win. Um, and uh, they, they weren't able to, to do that, but what a great season they had. Yes. Definitely. So let's pull you into a little bit deeper water here, Patrick. Now let's get you out of your comfort zone of these Augusta County teams. Um, now, I know you're a huge college basketball fan as well. I would imagine you were probably watching some college basketball of importance that happened at Durham this Was weekend. Was there a game in Durham this weekend? Um, Was there? And some guy was retiring, some guy who can't even win his last game. What a loser. I think it was Hubert Davis's first game in Cameron, right? Yeah, that's what the big deal was. <laughs> and the students at Duke couldn't couldn't keep their emotions in check as they cried for some guy they don't know uh, as he got spanked and embarrassed on national television. Uh, what was your take? So I am a big college basketball fan, but – I will say the last few years I have become less and less of a college basketball fan. And I think it has something to do with the ACC network. Um, I'm an Xfinity person and I couldn't watch like most of the games during the season. Like I, I used to love right. Raycom and 
and watching that game on a, on a weeknight or watching a Raycom or watching a doubleheader or on Saturday afternoon sitting down and watching a couple of games. I loved – I grew up in – I was a huge college basketball fan, huge ACC fan. And then the ACC Network came along. I couldn't watch half the games, and, and I got it more and more into the NBA. I've always been a big NBA fan, but I got more and more into the NBA. So I still love college basketball, but, but not as big a fan as I used to be. But that being said, I'm a huge Carolina fan. And, and Saturday, I will admit this, it's probably embarrassing. I, I didn't watch the first part of that game because I just assumed that they were going to get blown out. Was, <laughs> come on, it was Coach K's last game. And Carolina had already gotten blown out by Duke in Chapel Hill. This Carolina team is not that good. Playing well at the end of the season, but not, not that good of a team. Just, just too, too up and down all season. And I, just, I didn't see any way. I know it's a rivalry, and I know in hindsight I should have understood that this could have happened, but I just didn't think there was any chance it was going to happen. So my wife and I had gone out to, to dinner. I didn't really watch it. I came back, checked my phone. Um, Caroline was down early, so I'm like, whatever. A little bit later, I checked, and they were up. And I was like, okay, so I'll wait. I, 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 then at that point, I didn't want to jinx anything. So I didn't turn it on. Finally, with like three minutes left, the lead was enough that I was like, okay, maybe I can chance this. I'll turn it on. I watched the last three minutes of the game. Wow. <laughs> about the time Duke hit that last three that they made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was about it. But, but actually, when I turned it on, Carolina hit a big three. And so I was like, well, maybe I'm not going to jinx them. And, and then they pulled away and won that game. And, yeah, so I, I loved it as much as you can love watching three minutes of a, of a basketball game. But um, but it, it is – I will agree with a lot of Carolina fans I've seen. That's the biggest regular season win in Carolina history, I would think. I mean, there's a lot of history there, too. But I mean, those are the kind of games, you know, you, you can't ever get back from that if you do, right? If it's Coach K's last yeah. game in Cameron, there's no answer to that. I don't care if if they, if they if Duke beats Carolina by 20 in the ACC championship uh, this year. There's still no answer to, hey, 80, your, 80 of your guys were sitting there watching us beat you. <laughs> yes. So, I, yeah, I loved it. I wish I would have watched the whole game now, but but I don't know. I'm superstitious. So maybe if I'd have watched the whole game, Carolina doesn't win that game. So. Well, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. I, I put I put some pictures of Frank Duke fans on Twitter. and I did all that stuff. I may, I may have liked them. Yeah. No, I definitely <laughs> did. Um, it's It's funny. The point where you turned the game on is the point where I was texting some friends – uh, that, hey, I think my 11 and a half is going to be safe. <laughs> like, I took I took the points because I saw the points. I was like, ah, I feel like Carolina, it's a rivalry game. Maybe they'll be able to hang around. They, maybe, they probably won't win, but they'll be able to hang around. And, uh, yeah, when they were up big with three minutes left, I was like, oh, I don't think they're going to lose by 12. So, uh, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. Look, Coach K does mean a lot to college basketball, and I'm not taking that away, but – I think you're right, Patrick. This is this is a huge, huge win for North Carolina because not only is it a rivalry win and it's just another chapter to that historic rivalry, it's beating, you know, the devil for North Carolina, like the Blue Devil, Coach K. You you embarrassed him in his last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and you got to rip the heart out of all those Duke fans that were there for that moment. They paid so much money to get in the door and watch their team get annihilated. And I and I was in a room full of Dukies. I was at a at a Yonin's birthday party, 
and all the uh, out-of-town guests were from, uh, you know, not Durham, but close enough to Durham, and everybody sure. was a big Duke fan. So, yeah, I nearly got myself in trouble when I was holding back my laughter when they were showing the, the fans cry, crying in the stand. I mean, I was that. I was holding back pretty hard uh, not to offend the room. But, yeah, it was, it was a satisfying experience as an anti-Duke uh, person. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd still rather Tech be involved and, and beating them, but it was, it was satisfying. It was, it was nice. Now, I think I, I wouldn't count Duke out for nothing from here out. The ACC, the NCAA, like, He's going to have those guys motivated and he's going to be on them full. I mean, even in the middle of his post game, like acceptance of all the gratitude, he's like, no, we're, we got to, we got more to do. And that was embarrassing. And we won't do it. I was like, man, I, I don't want to be around coach K for the next month. I, it's just, Ooh, they're going to, you know, I, I was actually, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge coach K fan, but I, 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 I was a little, um, I don't know if I'm a Duke fan, I'm a little offended by the way he handled that at the end, a- after the game, that, that post-game celebration. He guys threw his team under the bus, right? I mean, these are, these are young guys. It was a big stage for them. I'm not making excuses for Duke. I mean, that's a, but that's a, a lot of pressure with all the, the college game day there and everything that had been going on. All the build up for that. On how to he motivate. threw them under the bus. No, Coach know. K is I too old school. It's about time he got out of the way. That guy can't coach in today's basketball. <laughs> Maybe he gets upset in the first round. That's fine. We'll take it. We'll take whatever but, we get. Duke, Duke will not lose in the first round, but Duke will not win a national championship this year. I, Coach K will that? lose. Coach Game will lose his last game that he ever coaches because they will not win. Who do you got? We're not going to have you on before the bracket. I know you'll probably fill out a bracket. Who, at least narrow it down. You don't have to tell us your final pick, but like, who's the two or three teams you're you're cycling through in your head? You know, I really, I think this is Gonzaga's year. I wow. really, really do think they, they will win it this year. Yeah, they, I like, I like that. I, I, yeah, I mean, but last year, well, St. Mary's gets them, you know. Yeah, I watched, I watched that game. I actually, <laughs> I, I actually watched that game. Um, they did, but I don't know. That's a rivalry as well. And St. Mary's played really well that night. It wasn't Gonzaga playing bad. It was just good basketball. They did. I, I, I mean. That's I don't know. It's it's pretty wide open. There's a lot of really good teams this year, but but I like Gonzaga. I like the way they're playing, and I don't know. I, I don't think they come up short this year again. I just don't. So I guess we'll find out. Staying on like the student section crying and stuff, and I'm not. I'll ask you this. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying I've never cried over sports because I have, and I've cried over stuff. Probably people would find dumber than Coach K retiring, but. To me, it was the students that were crying. That uh, to me, I was like, "This is too much." Like, you've known the guy maybe four years, maybe if you've ever run into him on campus. He doesn't seem like the friendly guy who walks around on campus like Frank Beamer or Mike Young and says hi to the students. So I doubt that. Like, I don't. I just I thought that was too much. I was like, "This is ridiculous." Um, have you ever cried over sports? Is the question. Um really not since I was probably like 10, right? I mean, I, I love sports. Um, and maybe I've cried over, I'm trying to think like happiness. Like not, not Yeah, like, I'm not I'm, saying I'm, sadness. I'm, sure I'm not saying to, limited to sadness. I'm saying anything related to sports or a sporting event. Like, for instance, um, I think the last time I cried over sports, when the Orioles won the division in 2014, after watching them <laughs> suck for most of my life up to that point, I I did. I cried. I was like, this is great. This is awesome. I love it. It was tears of joy, though. 
there, there may have been a few tears when the Nats won the World Series. I mean, that was, wow. that was such an amazing run that, and, and, you know, as a Washington sports fan that's long-suffering, even though the Capitals had won it, I love hockey, but I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm just a huge hockey fan. I'll watch it. And, and the Caps winning was great. But there was something about the Nats winning that that was wonderful. But um, so, so maybe a few tears there. But, but out of sadness, really, I, and I'm not saying so – I'll cry over a lot of stuff. Like, I'm yeah. not afraid to admit that I cry. But sports is probably not one of those since I was a kid just because I don't know working in sports – you just know that <laughs> things happen. Things happen. Teams lose or whatever, and then they'll come back the next year and they'll play again. It's disappointing. Um, I, I, I maybe punched a wall or something after wow. that. Wow. Wow. Anger. <laughs> Thrown a pillow across the, the room or something. You know, but Bobby but I don't think here. I've actually had tears. So. Leland. Easily, yes. Yeah, I mean, the inner Sandman just can get me before oh the game. I mean, come on, I'm, I got it right there. That that emotion. And it, I, I it happens too it. often for that to be an emotional thing. Danny Cole caught that ball. We should have won that BCS game. We should oh have beat God. Michigan. No, he did. I guarantee you I had t- tears in my eyes. I don't know about balling or, like, coming down my cheek, but, like, welling up tears, yeah. But I just ride there with emotion all the time. Can I also say the other added fact with this Duke students crying? The ones that were dressed up in costumes. Like, you look like a total (laughs) buffoon when you're dressed up as Cookie Monster crying. Like, that to me, I was like, man, I don't don't get people who dress up in costumes going to games anyway. Because, And maybe this is, you know, some would call it the pessimist. I call it the realist in me. Knowing that there's a chance my team doesn't win this game, I don't want to look like an idiot and have my team lose. Yeah. And so, like, those kids learned a valuable lesson. Great life lesson. And maybe that's why they were crying, is because they learned so much. See, see Duke's this great educational institution. These kids go there, and, and they learn life lessons, too. So. Okay, Patrick, you were vulnerable and told us you haven't been as invested in college basketball recently as you used to, so we're going to drag you out a little deeper. And we're going to ask you about the the in-state teams now, Virginia Tech and UVA. UVA is going into the ACC tournament as a six. Virginia Tech is going to go in as a seven. Um, and Virginia Tech choked against Clemson and probably effectively put the final nail in the coffin in terms of their tournament hopes. Um, yeah, this is the, the reason you don't want to have me on as a guest. I have not watched a Love single it. Virginia – Virginia Tech game this year. Um, I, uh, I I think we I think I do have ACC Network now, right? I think it finally yeah, it eventually is. miraculously appeared on my TV at some point. But um, but I I have not watched a single one of those games. Um, I, here's what I've done in college basketball: I've watched some Carolina games this year. I watched the Gonzaga St. Mary's game for some reason. I was sitting on the couch and. The game was on. I had nothing else to do. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this game. So I watched it. I, mean, I, I, I watched Gonzaga Duke early in the season, but but not a single UVA or Virginia Tech game. Watch well, the I'm, I'm much more into watching the NBA this year. I'm watching a lot of Wizards games for some reason. I'm, I'm, watch some VCU women's basketball? Yeah, oh, yeah. That, I definitely did. I did watch VCU women's basketball uh, several times just there you uh, go. There you to go. check you out. The, the, the magical voice of Joe Just Dad. to hear him. Yeah. You got to make sure he's all right. Yes. 
<laughs> no, but, I, I know more about I know more well, about VCU women's basketball this year than I've ever known. Before. Then for our NBA listeners, because Leland and I don't talk a lot of NBA because we do not watch a lot of NBA. Um, what is the deal with the Wizards? It seems like maybe they did win the Russell Westbrook trade after all, but winning that trade is probably a low bar, and they're still probably not going to make the playoffs. Probably not. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> um, yeah, that. what's the deal with the Washington Wizards is a question that has been asked ever since they changed the name to the Washington <laughs> Wizards. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you know, I don't even know how. I asked my wife for a, a, a Washington Wizards sweatshirt, you know, a, a while back, and she got me one. Like, why do I even want to wear this out in public? I mean, that is just a team that is is not very good. But, um, but uh, I don't know. I They've got a few pieces there. I think there's some talent. If Bradley Beal can be healthy yeah. <laughs> for a whole season, I, I think next year they could make a, a playoff run. I really do. I mean, they're not going to – I mean, that's a, the, the East is tough, um, and, and it's going to be tough for a while. But I, I would think the Wizards could be a, a solid team next next year. They've got some pieces there. and I, I think a solid sixth, fifth or sixth seed in the East next year is not unreasonable. So what – out West – all the talk is LeBron and the Lakers and the Lakers are done. And he's saying they're not. I, I said this last year and I'm, I, I come from a place where I've rooted a lot for LeBron. I I'm a Jordan guy, but I, I like watching greatness plenty. Not all the time, not, not with Tom Brady, but with some other stuff, I like watching greatness and he is great. But I said this last year, you can't just turn this on. Just you, you just can't. And they didn't last year. They won the play-in game, but then did nothing against the Suns, just like I thought. I think they're in a very similar position this year. None of their moves they made worked out, and, and they didn't make any moves before the trade deadline. Like, they're sitting ducks in my mind. There's just no way that they even make the Western Conference Finals in my mind. No, I, no, I, yeah. they're they're not making the finals, and, and I, you know, I don't know. I think LeBron might be done. I, I mean, yeah, he has been great. He is, he is. You know, I, I hate that LeBron Michael Jordan debate yeah. anyway because they're, they're both great. Can we just say that they are both one clearly better? And, that's that's why we can't say. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I just I've enjoyed what. I love the fact that I've lived in an era where I could watch both of them. Where I watched both yeah. of them play, and, and they've both been tremendous. Yeah, um, different. I mean, they're different, you know. I think, but I just I love it. And but I think he might finally be at the end of the road. And I hear rumors of what going back to Cleveland, maybe. So so to wherever his second gets drafted, yeah. 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 So I don't know, but but yeah, I'm with you. The Lakers are done. They're they're, they're not. They're not making the Western Conference. They may not, they're not making it. I would say they'll be in the playing games and might not win. Yeah, those. I was going to say they may not make it out of there. I, 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 that, they're not. No, they're, they're done. I'm, I'm not a Lakers. Uh, Phoenix, uh, to me, Phoenix is the team this year. I know Phoenix was supposed to be the team last year and, and didn't quite, but I, I really like Phoenix. I've really watched them this, several times this year. I really like what they're doing. How, how soon um, is Chris Paul coming back? Yeah, that's the big thing. And I don't know. I haven't seen any update recently. That's that's huge. I mean, have, not having Chris Paul there could be could be uh, could be a problem for Phoenix. Although I think they can survive, you know, early playoffs with, without him. But um, but they need Chris Paul. I think he is. I haven't seen I haven't seen an update recently to uh, to see when he's actually back up in. But if he's there, I, I like the Phoenix team. Um, but you know, I don't know. I I know out west. 
I like the East. I like some of those East teams. I really do. I, I think the Miami Heat might be, maybe I'm maybe I'm too much too. I listen to the Levitard too much, but no. but I love that Miami <laughs> Heat team as well. Um, and, and I think they could be really good. Um, you know, I hear the Sixers, but no, I'm I, I'm not buying the Sixers yet. Um, oh, I think they'll be good. See, I think, that's Mike I Ryan. Be, I don't now, like them. Leland, I'm telling you because I listen to the same stuff Patrick does. That's Mike Ryan talking to him right there. That's yeah. that's they they are on a war against Philly right now. Trash talking to Sixers. Yeah, I think the Sixers could be good next year. Maybe no, the year. I, I don't know about this year. I'm not. No, see, I think them. the longer this experiment goes, the worse because James Harden is going to hate it there too. I think James I Harden's like going to hate it wherever he is. I don't That's like Harden. I don't like Embiid, but I think they're going to be good. Like I, I they, I, they could I, be okay. I love Boston. Right? I mean, Boston's a heck of a defensive team. I, you know, I mean, I know the NBA is not about defense, but um, and the playoffs. But though. I really like, I really like that Boston team. I, you know, I don't know if they have enough to, to, to get to the NBA Finals, but but I, I do like Boston what? too. They used to be fun. I think the East playoffs could be a lot of fun. I think. That- so. I'm glad you mentioned the Heat because I am also high on the Heat, probably for the same reasons you are. But also, I don't watch a lot of NBA, but I do kind of follow it for, as Lilo and I talk about investment purposes. Um, so, and the Heat tend to make me money more than they cost me money. So, when it comes to the Heat, though, and I know you hear the same things I do, uh, listening to the same podcast, but it's a it's a team that needs their bench it seems like almost as much as they're starting five and their depth is going to be if Miami has success it's going to be because of the depth on their roster yeah I mean I, mean, I think you're right I mean they, they need that that depth they're, they're starting five is probably not not, not the best uh, this not the best if you match it up against starting five of other other teams in the east probably not the equivalent but if, if you know if they, they go deep and uh, I, I, I don't know I, I think Miami I'm not going to say that they're going to be there they were there what two two years ago two in years the ago. bubble um and um they're they're a they're a good good solid team but you know i don't know I, at this point i'm just kind of in the east just i think there's three four five teams that really could could do it and i think that's why maybe out west too i, I think if it's, it's as open this year as it has been for a while so, which i i do I, I think appreciate the playoffs will be fun and that's really where you know i'll, I'll the nba is kind of i'll watch I watch a lot of Wizards games during the year, but not not a lot of other games necessarily. But I'll watch in the playoffs once it starts. I'll really start watching a lot of a lot of NBA games at that point because the NBA playoffs to me, I, don't, I, I think it's maybe the best playoffs of, of any sports. Um, I don't know. NHL is fun, but again, I'm not a huge hockey guy. Um, but I but I love the NBA playoffs. It's not the, the NFL made a case for themselves this year. <laughs> they did. Oh, I give you that. The, the NFL did. That was a fun playoff yeah. uh, this year. Um, I really enjoyed watching that. Uh, you know, you go back to a game like like uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. I mean, that might be one of the great <laughs> yeah. NFL playoff games we've seen. Um, I, the NFL is my. If if you ask me, my favorite pro sport is probably the NFL from. Because that's the only sport that I will watch. It helps us once a week, or, or not really once a week, but <laughs> you know, you do get a few days off there. But um, it's the only sport that I'll sit down, you know, on a Sunday and watch from from one o'clock till till 
10 or 11 o'clock at night. Um, really pay attention to all the regular season stuff. Um, the other sports, it's kind of like tune in, check out the, the regular season, see what's happening. But really, it's the playoffs that matter. But the NFL is, is amazing. And you're right, the, the playoffs were as good as they can get probably this year in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm surprised you say the Stanley Cup players are fun, but you like the well, NBA playoffs because better. Because can... for me, as a Caps fan, and I know you are too, like those Caps playoff games, even when they would end up losing, and this is, I guess, kind of the counter to my own argument that I was making, man, living and dying with each puck, each time it crossed that red center line, depending on who was getting the, sh- uh, which goalie was taking the shot living and dying by that, especially in the overtimes where you'd be like, oh my gosh, we can't possibly lose this again. And then, you know, nine times out of 10, they would. And you'd be like, why do I do this to myself? Why am I a Caps fan? I hate this. I hate this team. I hate this city. A game, don't you think a game seven in the NHL playoffs is probably the best? I mean, just it's the pinnacle. It's the pinnacle. I, I, I do love game sevens in NHL playoffs. Um, the NBA, it's, it's fun too, but not like the NHL because you're right. It's, most of those most of those games in the NHL are close, and you're right. It's one puck, and and there's so much riding on the the, the, the and hockey the overtime is perfect. I every once in a while, the it feels like every year they have one of those games going to like five overtimes, and then the NBC Sports Network people will be like, "Oh, they need to bring a shootout or something here." And I'm like, "You're an idiot. This is perfect. You do not change." <laughs> and that's what everybody's talking about, right? If if you want. Let's face it, on your national media, the NHL doesn't get talked about a whole lot. But if you have a game like that that goes four or five overtimes, they'll talk about it. And that's what you need. You need people to be interested and talk about it. And that's really the only time you're going to get a lot of conversation in the national media on on the NHL. Yep. Well, Patrick. Oh, go ahead, Leland. Sorry. Didn't mean to say. I'm I'm, I'm leading us towards the the Disney topic that I wanted to hit. While he was here, uh, Joe is taking on, you know, he's he's making an investment into seeing some of these Disney movies he's missed along the way. Uh, so I demand we, you know, early D block, at least part of it here uh, while you're here. So, Joe, what was the Disney movie this week? Well, it was Tangled um, and they're not all going to be movies I've missed. I, I probably will spot in some movies I've seen and just revisit them. Um, but like Mm, that would be one I haven't seen and probably have no desire. It's going to be hard to get me to watch Hunchback one, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This church is on fire. Um, but they, uh, with tangled, which is what I watched this week. Um, it was new. I thought the music again, this is half of what I judge a Disney movie on is its music. And so with this one, I like music the music and humor, right? Music and humor. Yes. I, I, music, me, I, humor and story. And I thought the music in Tangled was really good. Um, uh, at last I've seen the light, I think is the big song when they're on the boats. I think that's what it's called. Um, okay, but I, I've got a dream. That is like the catchiest yeah, song. The like, oh, yeah, that was yeah, good. Like, I, like, and whenever I'm watching that movie, like for, for days afterwards, I'll, be singing that song in my head i love that that song yeah it's not in the in the grand scheme of disney movies it's probably not one of the greatest songs but to me it's one of the catchiest songs such a fun scene and and with uh um raymond's brother <laughs> oh, oh yeah, Brad Garrett as the yes, other guy. yeah. like he's so like that character's so great and 
I, that scene is is awesome. I and then it I, I love that movie. It's great. Uh, we hit that one at a good time uh, with our kids to where they, they got obsessed with it at a great time. And uh, yeah, it's just the songs are good. The action, you know, uh, scenarios are good and and funny. And the horse chasing the horse just taking over <laughs> and just chasing everybody. It's so good. I yeah. Patrick. I mean, I, I, I put it up near is, is one of my favorite Disney, actually Disney movies. Like, I, you know, I think there are Pixar movies that are better, but I'm not sure I count. They Pixar count. Disney bought it. Strictly is. Well, okay, well, they, well so does Marvel. Does, does Marvel count then too? Because well, they're not animated. Then, they're not animated, so they don't count. Okay. So if you're going to so, so <laughs> if you get, there's a lot, <laughs> you got all the rules here, but uh, Pixar, um, you know, I love probably several Pixar films better, but but as far as Disney, Tangled is maybe my favorite. I don't know. The Lion King. I, really I was like going to say, King. it's not better than Lion King for me. It's not better than Aladdin. Um, uh, no, I think it's better than Aladdin. No. I, I, I can handle that argument. But I, but I, The Lion King is probably my favorite Disney movie, but Tangled's right there. I really like Tangled. I liked so. Tangled. I thought it was good. I thought there were, and this is just me, but there were instances where I was like, oh, okay. Um, but but last week you're raving about Encanto. Like I don't, I'm not against Encanto, but like, you, yes, well, you need hear me, hear me like, out. Lion is living with uh, Pumbaa and Timon. Those are food. Like that, it's over. Like, and you're gonna believe that you'll accept that, but you're not gonna. That happens in the wild sometimes. That happens in the wild sometimes, though, where animals don't eat prey because it's a symbiotic relationship eats them movies over i just for me like the movies themselves like it's not the fantasy elements that i have problems with necessarily it's like there's established rules they establish rules in the movie for these powers and how some of this stuff works and so then when it diverges from that is when i kind of roll my eyes and i'm like okay like i could tell entangled and i don't feel like this is a spoiler this is one that you're not going to get a spoiler alert it's been out long enough um but and i do recommend it if you haven't seen it you should watch it spoiler be damned but um i was five minutes into the movie and i was like oh okay her hair in this version of rapunzel has healing powers she's gonna heal this guy like knew that was happening and so for me, like when it gets to that point, I'm just like, I'm rolling my eyes because I'm like, no. And this is where Disney loses me. Disney had a great message when he cut the hair so she wouldn't have to live a life that she was going to hate with the evil kidnapping witch lady. And then her tear heals him. What? Pass. That, for me, that took it down from being one of the greatest Disney movies. It knocked it down a little bit. I still like the music. Overall, I like the Rapunzel story. In the opening, she drank some flower juice and had a baby. Like, you didn't... That but again, enough. they said it's a magical healing flower. They said it's a magical healing flower. So when the hair yes, is what... It's in her. And so uh, it was in her hair. It was in her hair. At the end, you're, oh, well, now this isn't good. What well, because they changed the rule. At the time when her hair gets cut, then her hair gets cut, she loses her powers except for her tears. Pass. No. Established rule in the opening It's like monologue. Frozen. When Olaf melted, I got excited and thought maybe this movie isn't all bad because the most annoying character just died. 
And then she brings him back, and I was like, well, then what is it, any of this even for? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. She made him to Olaf. begin with. One of the Olaf most annoying characters annoying in the history character? of Disney. I hate him. He doesn't like Josh Gad at all. Uh, Josh Gad, my problem is not Josh Gad. My problem is the character Olaf. I do not I like the character Olaf. Olaf. By the way, I have a cat named Olaf because I, I like that character so much. So. Well, I've never I met really, your cat, but there's really no like way Olaf. your cat is that annoying. And, and at Christmas, we have uh, these, these inflatables. And one of the inflatables we have out front, right next to Mickey Mouse, is Olaf. So oh, my. You're really, uh, I, I, I'm a big Olaf fan. Um, oh. I, I like Frozen a lot. It's not as good as Tangled. It's, it's a good movie. <laughs> let's watch. Let's be careful with one. how we're throwing the word good around. Frozen 2 is better than Frozen 1. Oh, no. No, no, no. Frozen 2 was, Frozen 2 was worthless. I won't even I watch really Frozen got. 2 because I hated Frozen <laughs> 1 so much. I watched it. You hated Frozen? Oh, come on. Another one where I don't necessarily hate the music, even though the biggest problem with the music is I just heard it too much. Um, I don't mind the music. I think the music is well written, but the story for me and Frozen, I'm just I just roll my eyes and I'm like, okay, no, I'm not here for it. I just don't think this is good. It was also way overhyped. I will I will admit, for me, part of it was it was so hyped. By the time I got to see it, I was like, "Mm, no. I, I didn't see it right away. You don't, like, you don't like Frozen. You don't like Frozen. You, you did like Tangled, but then, I don't know, the way you were talking about it. I, really I do like Tangled. It was just the ending didn't I didn't like. <laughs> Everything up to the ending, loved. And then at but the ending, I was like, come on. He didn't like. Now, I will say this. The Flood did remind me of the Avalanche of Mulan, where I was like, it's okay if some of these people die. Like, we don't know them. But you like Encanto? Yes, loved it. Mm-hmm. Braveheart, great. Okay, okay, brave. Yeah, Braveheart was. Brave. It's brave. Braveheart. Brave. Brave. Yeah. Braveheart. It's brave. Braveheart is the other one. Was, uh, I'm not talking about Braveheart. Was, uh, nope. What's his Sorry, um, my mistake. Yep, Brave. Brave is great. Loved it. Brave is great. In fact, uh, Brave is the. Uh, um, uh, Farrell and Ferguson from Stanton is uh, apparently the, uh, um, the basis for the character in Brave. I believe. Seriously. So, yeah, <laughs> there's a story, uh, yeah, that, that Carolyn tells about how she met some people uh, from, from Disney who took her um, on a tour, and then this character comes out that looks just like her, and um, yeah, so. Wow, I never knew that. That's cool. That makes me like it even more. See, I it's liked it red, before I knew that. The red hair, right, of the, the red hair of what, the, who's, who's the main character, right? I can't remember her name right now, but yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, her head, red hair. Um, yeah, Farallon told me that they took her, and then when she she saw mock-ups of the, she said the original drawing of the character looks even more like her than than the than the final product did. But yeah, she she's not getting any money from it. But uh, well, she, that's she she swears that they they did base that because she said the movie came out shortly after they gave her a tour of the place, and and of course. Fairland, for those who don't know, we're talking about Fairland is from Stanton, played basketball at, uh, at, at Robert B. E. High School, and then became this big horse riding sensation, uh, rode horses for uh, for years around the country with uh, with this big show. And um, so that's, yeah. So Fairland tells me all the time that, that Brave is the char- main character is based off of. So, she, so, so Merida is based off of her. So. Yes, Merida. yes, Merida. Very good, yeah. 
That's it. I was going to um, say, the only thing that was popping in my head was the Bears name. More do. <laughs> More do, yeah. But there you go. I don't know. Like, little Stanton connection there, possibly, too. Although Disney would never admit that because they are not going to. They're not going to admit that they owe someone money. Open themselves up for paying. Yeah. yeah. So. They're not going to so, admit that they owe someone money. Yeah. So, Disney or not, have you binged anything recently worth, worth talking about? Uh, so, so, I'm binging two different things. I'm, I'm, so I'm going back into Ozark. But I watched Ozark when it first came out, and then I, I liked it, but it was dark, and I don't know. I just I got out of it, and then I got back into it here recently. So I'm on season three now, and I'm alternating that between. Um, I'm also watching uh, the Righteous Gemstones. Oh, such Max, a good show! <laughs> <laughs> which is really really good. I'm only on season one of that, so I'm, I'm kind of alternating. So I, I told my wife, I said Ozark is. Oh, really dark sometimes and, and pretty depressing at points. So what I'll do is watch an episode of Ozark and then I'll watch an episode of Righteous Gemstones to give me some some humor. Although it can be a little dark too, but uh, yeah. a funny, funny dark, right? So so yeah, those are the two I'm watching. Um, I'm also watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Prime. I really like that as well. Um, but it's a... Okay. Um, it is, it really is. But that's coming out two episodes every Friday. So you can only binge... No, I, I, I'm not, I guess I don't either, except that I, I can't, you know, I can only watch two and I'm done and then I can go back to the other shows that I'm watching. So, yeah. so really three shows I'm kind of, kind of balancing and juggling at the same time. Um, the Righteous Gemstones is huge. I love that. that yeah. That's show. a really funny really, show. Really funny. Yeah. On Maisel, I think a topic that I haven't brought up before with her, isn't Jane Lynch like so good on that show? She's like, good in everything she does, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she's so wonderful in that in that show, and uh, the way the, the yeah the, the way the last episode ended. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm really curious where that's gonna gonna go now. But um, I will say, yeah, Jane Lynch is wonderful. I will yeah. say, just to save you time, do not watch Inventing Anna because that girl from Ozark is in it. Do not watch it; it's not good. Do not I watch it. That. So Julia Julia Garner from that plays Ruth. Yep. Is that the one? A horrible job in this. Horrible job. Okay. Her accent See, I is. Her. I, I, I think she's the best character in Ozark. Right? I agree. And that's and why I watched this was because I was like, oh, I like her in this. Maybe she'll be good in this. I like her in Ozark. Maybe she'll be good in this. The she accent. She's in the Americans too. Do you remember that? I she do remember the, that. Do you watch the Americans? Mm-hmm. She, she was the, uh, the, the teenager who. Uh, and she was good at that. Uh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was wonderful in that. And then when I saw her in Ozark, I was good. I, I, she was so good in Americans. But she just had a brief role in the American, right. so I was excited. So, but but I've heard bad things about about inventing it. The so, the yeah. accent fluctuates on whether it exists or does, and then the accent changes, and it's just it's not good. The story is just okay. Uh, the other characters, there is, I've I've watched shows where there's not likable characters and been able to enjoy it, like Succession, but. This is like a whole other level of like. There's not even like comedy to go with it. It's just like, oh, these are just miserable human beings, and there's no one to root for. And like, <laughs> okay, well, I will pass that then. Uh, that's that's good. That's just a recommendation for all our listeners. If you watch it and like it, then good for you, I guess. But it's no, not for me. I do want to ask you before we let you go, Patrick, to go back to Disney. Name a Disney movie you don't like. Animated Disney movie that you don't like. I just thought of another one that's better than Frozen, by the way. And Tangled, for that matter. Robin Hood is better. Oh, Robin Hood is good. 
Oh, an um, um, animated Disney movie that I don't. Because like. this is going to prove a point for me. So, <laughs> not so like you probably have to. Not Jafar or anything. You can't go like stupid sequel. You got to be like an yeah. original. Like, no. See, I'll I'll go back. You know, some of the older stuff I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I will say, boy, this will take some of my Disney. I'm not even like a Cinderella fan or anything like okay. that. I'm not a huge fan of that. You know those. Um, so yeah, so I would say, just the castle. every time he just skips the castle. He's like, nope, not going there. See, I don't. Th- yeah, the castle's cool, <laughs> but that's interesting because I was just my point was going to be like, I don't know if you don't like anything that's animated from Disney because, which was going to be my point on like when I'm saying like I don't know, I don't like this movie. I don't think it's as good. I I do have a high standard for Disney. I'm okay telling Disney when I think they miss. I think some of these they miss. I thought Mulan. I thought having them be the Huns was a mistake. Just have them be the Mongolians. Are you worried that the movie's not going to do well in Mongolia? I don't think it did. I don't think the Mongol. I don't think that's the reason it didn't do well. Uh, like or, the Office, they probably can't make that now, right? <laughs> I just like that for a, and it's a weird reason. I'll admit, I'm I'm watching a movie where a talking dragon is happening and. All kinds. I have to suspend disbelief on some other stuff too with that movie. But the avalanche, nobody dying in the avalanche bothered me. And calling them the Huns was almost a bigger sin to me because I'm like, they're not the Huns. But um, uh, my bigger issues is that stretch where they had like, I didn't like Hunchback. I didn't like Emperor's New Groove. Like that. Oh, little those stretch were bad. There, those I, were I bad. thought they. they that were was a bad stretch. That was a bad stretch. Yeah. I'll admit yeah, there was someone. Good. There was someone on a dating app that I was talking to, and she said Emperor's New Groove was her favorite Disney movie, and that quickly ended that. Um, <laughs> I just that's poor taste. I can't talk to that Yankee fan more. What what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that <laughs> that is more forgivable than Emperor's New Groove. Saying that's your favorite Disney movie, I'm like, did you see only one? <laughs> like, I mean, there's not a lot that's worse. Give me some time, I'll I mean, buy I, some. But oh, that know, movie's I, terrible. There's there's some bad Disney movies, and I'm like you. I'm not afraid to say when I'm you know upset with Disney or. or uh, you know, don't like something that Disney did. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think so there's some bad Disney. I think recently there. they're doing a good job though. They're in a good stretch. They, they, they bounced back. They've really bounced back strongly. And, and I think most everything they're putting out now is good. Now, maybe everyone's not, you know, the top of the, the list, but I think, I think there's some really good stuff that Disney's putting out, putting out lately. Um, still Pixar's so much above, I think. But some of those movies that Pixar makes, they, they're not making it for my kids. They're making it for you and me. I mean, yeah. Soul ain't, ain't for my kids. Soul's for you. Like, <laughs> I, I will say, if we're coming, if we're cl- including Pixar, which you said earlier, we are. You know, um, Cars, like Cars two and Cars three. Right? Cars is not my favorite. Any, none of those movies. I cars hate Cars. Two that not, great. Yeah, cars two and three can go away. I don't mind Cars. Cars one, one is also it's bad. okay. Cars one's tolerable. Like I can watch it. It's okay, but it's not. I don't know. I just never was a Cars, yeah. big Cars fan. And Cars 2, and I did go see Cars 2 and Cars 3, but they were not. They were the not. Toy Story movies, like the first three. Now, the fourth one's fine. It's it's also a good movie. But the first three, Toy Story, I think that's the best, like, in terms of sequels with the animated movies, ever. They say at a high level. Ever. That third one, that's when I cried. That third Toy Story, when they're in the dumpster and it looks like they're about to go into the incinerator, I cried. So did I. Yes, I did too. And 
and at the very end. Yes. When, uh, yep. When he gives the toys away. <laughs> when he's going off to college and he gives the toys away. Yeah. No, I, I cried there. Um, inside out, I will cry. Yep. Uh, every time. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's movies I will cry. And see, I think all of those are better than Tangled for the for the reason like they're able to not only tell a good story but reach you emotionally. I think I'll that matters. That. I think Pixar brings. I, I love Tangled, but but I think I well, think I'm just saying like when you said it was one of the best Disney movies ever, I was like, uh. it depends on again, you know, if, if you if you're not counting, some people don't count Pixar. Some people still will say Disney movies and not count Pixar, even though I know that Disney. I don't mind establishing lanes. I don't mind. I don't mind establishing. I, 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 I mind. Pixar definitely brings a different like heat with their with their moral stuff. Like they they go for a deeper thread than than normal Disney movies do. Those Disney movies are going to make some songs. These Pixar movies are going to teach you how to grow up and deal with deal with growing yeah. up and yeah, in, in, uh, like Inside Out is my favorite i mean if you ask me a favorite favorite disney favorite pixar movie i mean it's a inside out is it like it's really? the movie i will watch over and over i love that movie. joe doesn't like it when like she has to stack the humans to to be on top of them and fall you know because it's too unrealistic <laughs> which one is this <laughs> inside out it's fine let inside it go out. let it go <laughs> but no that's frozen <laughs> yeah um gosh you guys are terrible um, but no, I, I just, I don't even know if that's my favorite Pixar movie. I like up more, I think in toy story, but oh, the beginning of up is great. I don't, the rest of it. I actually, I, I could, I mean, the, if I just want to cry real quick, I can just turn on up and watch the first 10 minutes. No one even has to talk or, or only one character has to talk and I'll, I'll be in tears. But, uh, yeah, the rest of that movie, I don't, I don't know. It gets, it, it get it loses me. Once he meets up with the evil dude down there, it, it turns. I, I thought you were going to say once he meets up with the kid. The kid's great. The kid's fun, but like once once he gets to the blimp, it's oh wow. It's Inside Out, and then all the Toy Story movies. Like I don't know how, where I rank those Toy Story movies. Incredible is up there for me. See, Incredibles yeah, is just I okay to me. I like it. I just I'm not a huge movie. Incredibles fan. It's okay. I like it. Big. Um, I was in college watching that thing. I like it. I, I like the Incredibles. Um, it's okay, but I'm not huge. And I like up, but again, I'm like you. It, it's much better at the beginning than, than at the end. So. I'll give you that. I like it. That opening like sequence, it. I don't know what could be like. That's, no, that's, that's Oscar right there. strings and sad. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's emotional the at music. its best. Yeah. No, it's really good. I will say, one of the movies I have already seen, but I haven't seen it in so long, I'm going to have to revisit it when we do this uh, review, maybe is the brave little toaster. I remember liking it as a kid, but it's been so long since I've seen it. I'm worried that that's, and one of the reasons yeah, I haven't worried. yet is because I'm worried that like, I was just a kid and I was going to like whatever. And I'd so like, I'm worried that when I go back and watch it, I'll be like, this movie is trash. I've gone back and watched other eighties Disney things. And yeah, I'd be worried. Like I've watched some rescuers. I've watched some rescuers. Oh, I've under. hated the rescuers down under. I've watched the, some, rescuers. Uh, the rescuers is a bad movie. Stuff. I'm telling you, there is stuff I can't say about that movie on this podcast I, that I have said about that movie uh, to the other circle of friends that I have Disney discussions with. I cannot stand that movie. Do not like Our it Disney at all. The discussion has gone longer than, than the basketball discussion. <laughs> I think that's the sign of a good interview, though. Yes. We got to the topics we really wanted to discuss. 
Well, thank I mean, you. Go Cap, but we got to talk some Pixar. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for coming on and talking about the basketball in Buffalo Gap and uh, telling us how that game went. And um, good luck to them, obviously, against Stoneacre in the state. If they win that game, maybe Disney makes a movie about. Wow. Believe in the bison. Plays Rob Stenzel, the guy. I heard he like started helping a little bit middle of the season, just you know, being another set of hands. Like who? Well, but see, here's the thing. That's not going to be his name because it's going to be animated, and so he's probably going to be like a another bison or something. He'll be Bob the Bison. No, they'll they'll have the team, and Airbud will come swooping in at some point. Yes, I could see that. So, uh, so they have to win for that to happen. But if they win, I think we push Disney. I think we get Tom Cruise in a Disney movie if we get Rob casted. I mean, there's just a similarity there. Wow. (laughs) I hope you just mean similarities in looks and not similarities in a lot of other stuff because Tom Cruise is not a a great person. Well, I'm not not trying to throw all that at Rob. I, I... Rob's my boy. Good boy, Patrick. Just there's there's these the uh, looks. Okay. There's these uh, personality tr- just or not personality, tr- but like uh, mannerisms and stuff that that come out that are, that are similar. But not the Scientology, okay. hopefully. Not the Scientology, as as far as I'm aware of. So. Cool. All right. Well, <laughs> that'll do it for we this interview. We can talk Tom Cruise movies at some point next time I'm on. Ask me my favorite time. How soon movies. will they jump off motorcycles and collide in midair? Top like Gun, that's... and that's it. <laughs> oh, he's in a few Good Men, wasn't he? That's good too. Good Men is like that's such a wonderful movie. Yeah, but one of my favorite ever. So. That's that'll be a different week. Thanks again, Patrick, for coming on and talking <laughs> basketball and talking Disney and dealing uh, with our ridiculous questions. Thank you, as always, for having me on. Again, I want to thank Patrick Kite for coming on and talking with us. Uh, and don't worry, folks. This, Leland and I are not about to talk for another hour, so you don't have we to gotta, worry about we that. we got to fill in where Patrick left us hanging. He doesn't yeah. know anything about the Hokies? Come on. Yeah. They're a quality NIT team. Yeah, we'll go back and circle some college basketball here. And that'll probably be most of it um, because he did hit and indulge us on so many other topics, um, including Disney, which was great. But – Let's go back. Virginia Tech choked. Uh, There's just no other way to talk about it. I mean, that was honestly unacceptable. You can't lose that game. You just can't. Yeah, I was disappointed. I watched it. I know you were busy, but I watched it. And, yeah, it was disappointing. Is is the least way to say it there. Uh, You know, that's what happens generally. In the ACC, on the road, you're going to have a game like that. It just happened at the worst time, and we had already dug ourselves so much of a hole in the season. You can't afford it at this point. Now, you're saying we're done, we're NIT, and I'm not really arguing that. I just keep seeing the bracketology. We didn't even move a spot. We didn't move back. We didn't move anywhere after it. So it makes me think, okay, before this, I thought we will beat Clemson. Then we got to make it to, like, at least Friday, and depending on who we play Friday, maybe we have we can still make it after that. I, I just to the point now we we got to make the championship game. Like I, I know everybody's quick to say we got to win the ACC. I do wonder if we just make the, make Saturday if we can get in there, just knowing we didn't move on that bubble because everybody most everybody else around us lost too. UVA won. They got to one spot behind us, and how all that stacks up. I, I just wonder if we make it to Saturday, if we can somehow sneak in there. 
It depends on what happens in these other conference tournaments. True, true. You don't control your own destiny anymore. No, we don't. Um, I think if they had beat Clemson, I think getting there is definitely good enough. But I think we're probably sitting in that in like one of those other four, like in the last four in, if we would just would have won that game. Yep. Seeing how everything else moved, I think that would have put us up. I and I guess I just I you know, I'm used to the bubble watch probably back when we had Seth there and complaining about it. And I felt like I had a good handle on how they would project bubble stuff. It seems like more, he's, he's more in just real time. Like if, you know, they stop the season right now, which is a dangerous thing to say because of what we've lived through the last two years, it's like what it would be right this second. I feel like they used to project it a little bit more like, okay, you're going to have these matches. We're going to have this. I don't feel like they do that at all now. So I'm kind of adjusting to that bubble watch a little bit this year because I'm in the middle of it and I'm watching every six hours when he posts that thing where Virginia tech is. And I, I guess if we would have won that game, I, I would assume we're in the tournament right now. So I don't know. I still have a little bit of hope. It's just like you said, we, we can't just win and be in, we got to win and hope we don't lose any spots available and make sure Rutgers loses and Indiana stays out of our way and all that. And it's just, it's well, a lot and, of, and you pieces. have to worry about, you know, the Dayton's and the VCU's and what does Rutgers do in their tournament? What's SMU, Xavier do in their tournaments? Right. Michigan, like all these other teams, like you have to be a little worried. Florida in the SEC, like these are all teams that I think are better than Virginia Tech right now. And so I just don't think Virginia Tech's been consistent enough. And I, that's going to go to this next point where you sent me something of one of the odds makers saying Virginia Tech had the second highest odds to win the ACC tournament. And I guess they're just watching a different basketball season than I am because the basketball season I've seen is just, they just have not been consistent enough for me to think they're going to win that many consecutive games, especially with the potential matchup with North Carolina looming a team that has absolutely kicked their doors in twice. And this, this is one time where, you know, UVA will have to see UNC before we potentially would, it's going to be one of those rare occurrences if, if they get that game that I'm going to be rooting for UVA because I feel like we can beat UVA. I've seen it happen this season, so that gives me hope. We have not beat UNC. The last time we played them was one of our losses down the stretch that I kind of rolled my head like, okay, maybe that's acceptable. They just seem better. Um, and then, you know, and what they just did against Duke would only reinforce that. But, yeah, I'd rather see UVA on Friday night than see UNC. But then the opposite side of that is, Maybe we need that UNC game and, and then have to beat them because maybe beating UVA is not good enough. And that's where I come into, you know, maybe even just being on Saturday is not good enough. We need that, you know, is beating UVA a, a quad one win? I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't think so. That's a quad two, isn't it? So I think we need the UNC. We need the higher seed. We need the top four seed in the ACC games and, and see what we get there. So I, I don't know. I, I would have to think, and that's why I backed off of having to win the ACC. I feel like if we make it to Saturday, we beat some good teams, a, a two-seed Notre Dame, maybe a UNC, maybe then a, or a UVA. I'm probably rooting for the UVA just because I want to win it. If we, if we face Duke and lose, then like, and maybe, you know, stay in the game, that'll help us. I, I would have to think that's going to fare better than having just to win the conference, and especially since we didn't drop on the, on the bubble. So yeah. that's where I'm at. Mentally. Hope. Hope will get you. Hope we'll get you. Hey, we'll get some home NIT games, probably. I say this, we always go to the ACC tournament, and it feels like rarely do we win more than we should. We, Yeah, we, it feels like the opposite. It feels like a team that drops Bad the memories. game they shouldn't. Yep. Um, JMU's not in the CAA tournament. Uh, I know that our 
the hobby writer at Harrisonburg was talking about how great it was that Loyola, even though they're switching conferences, got to be in their conference tournament and win the conference tournament and prove that they're a tournament-worthy team. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things is good. Loyola is good. They were one game behind Northern Iowa in their conference regular season for the top seed. And then they beat Northern Iowa. It's a team that has been to the Final Four recently. It's a team that's made another deep tournament run. They're good. They're good at basketball. That's why they're in the tournament. The CAA could make JMU a double elimination team in the CAA tournament. Everyone else only has one loss and they're out. And JMU still wouldn't win the stupid thing. Your VCU women, they got in their conference tournament. Yep. They were allowed to play. (laughs) And they made it to that game with Dayton and came up short. So what does their postseason look like from here? Uh, well, obviously the women's selection show is the same night that the men's selection show is. So that's where it'll officially be given to them. So do you, men? It's definitely, a, I would say, about as close to 0% chances you can have to get in the NCAA tournament. WNIT is 64 teams. That is looking more realistic. It's looking like an actual possibility for them. Um, And I would imagine that's where they'll be is in that WNIT. And then the question is if they're hosting or not. So um, for them, this tournament run, uh, they had a comeback against George Washington, who I said had a no percent chance to beat LaSalle. They had a very good conference tournament. George Washington, I think, won half as many games in the conference tournament as they did in the regular season. So it was, it was a good run for them. Uh, they were leading VCU at halftime, but VCU came back. And then the Dayton game, VCU hung around. They didn't, they didn't get blown out in that game. Uh, it was a team they beat in the regular season at Dayton, but Dayton's also a really good basketball team, and so they ended up beating VCU. But UMass ends up winning the A-10, and this is where uh, I think you see the A-10. Um, it, Dayton is going to be a team that is honestly – biting their nails on the selection show. They might be on the wrong side of the bubble just because every projection that I have watched and paid attention to this year has said two teams, two teams, two teams. But UMass was one of those that was on the bubble. UMass wins and gets in. Now that puts Dayton on the bubble. The question is, are they going to be on the right side or the wrong side? UMass had been on the wrong side of the bubble going into that conference tournament. Now the question is, did Dayton do enough in the regular season to impress the committee to get in, even though they didn't win their conference championship. Well, that'll be something to watch for the other women's team. Uh, and it's going to be more of a seeding situation for the Hokies. They did a great job in the ACC tournament. Kenny had them playing great local, great Kenny Brooks. Uh, he had them win an incredible game against UNC one I was able to take in live. Uh, there was a huge play down the stretch, uh, an and one opportunity there to get them the three point lead. And then UNC hits a big shot and sends it to overtime. I did not know in the, in the women's college that timeout after the Bay basket yep, would have been basketball. That was a huge piece there, and, and obviously the coaches know that, and that was, that was good for UNC. But then in overtime, Virginia Tech does what they got to do. They get to the line. They make free throws. Um, they hit big shots. UNC beats UNC. That was great. They end up coming up uh, short once they got to that championship. Uh, to that semifinal against NC State, who they had lost to a week before in a close game at home. Uh, this one got a little bit away from them late, um, but NC State really good. They go on to win 
the conference too. So, but Tech's going to be in the tournament. They're talking about six, seven seed kind of area. I think they got up to what sixteenth in the rankings that came out today. So they're going to be in a good, good looking spot there um, and be favored in a in a game at least. And so that'll be fun uh, to watch the Hokies play there and Kenny Brooks and you know the. The announcers, I thought, did a great job in that UNC game, or and man, it might have been more in the NC State game, talking about the UNC game, of saying, you know, that was like the biggest win Coach Brooks had had at Virginia Tech. And then they referenced, you know, how many big wins they had at JMU. And and you can start, you know, pulling hairs there on which which are bigger and better. There was, I think, bigger games at JMU uh, just because you're you were paving a path there and, and winning tournament games at a at a small conference um, school. Uh, but definitely the biggest win at Virginia Tech. He's been built into this, and, and I'm I'm excited to watch him keep building on top of it because I, I think that's what we're going to be able to see with him. I have all the faith in the world of what he's going to be doing. I, I don't disagree with you on that, and I think another added aspect of that is what he was able to do at JMU because it was kind of a trailblazing thing at a smaller conference school. I Honestly, when coaches are able to have that kind of success at smaller conference schools and get the players he was able to get to go to JMU. I think that's an amazing accomplishment in itself. Like when you think about it, he had Don Evans an all American on his roster at JMU. That's amazing. How he got, how he recruited an all American to JMU to play basketball in the convocation center. So this isn't the new brand new fancy building and facilities that they have now. This is before all of that money got pumped into the basketball program. I don't know how he did that. That, that. That's an accomplishment in itself. And it wasn't just Don Evans. I mean, he brought in other players after her that also contributed and were big. I mean, he had WNBA players after Don Evans. Well, show I mean, up. she was a WNBA player. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had multiple WNBA players come there and play for him. And to me, like when I think about it, I'm like, man, it's kind of like JMU baseball. I don't know. Chase DeLauder is the real deal. Really good baseball player. I don't know how he's at JMU. I don't know how JMU got the number one prospect in baseball to come to their college. I went there. I like it. It's a great school. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of, like, their athletics, like, I don't know how you convince the number one college baseball player in the country to come to the CAA. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I it is always great when you can see – you know what? What you can get at JMU, that's smaller school, and, that, and that's what I think. But he's doing you know, that Virginia Tech. He's he's built a program that was not in good, not in a good place when he got there. And we talked yeah. about this last week. He has managed to turn that around. He has now built Virginia Tech into something to fear in the ACC. Yeah, yeah. I, I was getting off topic there. I was starting to break down JMU more. But you know, I, I'm excited about my Hokies and what he's able to do. And you know, wins like that, and and performances in the tournament like that, and and the seating that they're about to get is what I was so excited about when they hired him away from JMU. As much as I enjoyed watching and going him, uh, going and watching him coach at JMU because it was local and it was my wife's school and we could go do that, I, I knew we had stolen a, a, great, <laughs> a great situation there from JMU, and, and I'm glad he's performing up to uh, my expectations. So that was great. So, yeah, it's, we're in the middle of the madness. I mean, just here tonight, I, I think we referenced uh, – maybe we didn't reference with Patrick, uh, but there was great games here Monday night. Uh, not sure when this is getting posted, but Monday night, we did. We talked Furman, about uh, Chinka, uh, um, the Furman game that was on right before we came on Chattanooga won the game. There was a, a layup in overtime that should have won it. And then uh, Chattanooga hits nearly a half court shot, a three to win the game. 
uh, and they had to go check it and make sure it was off the time. It was incredible. And that is just marches here. This, these last minute last week when I was watching that UNC tech between that, this, I'm just so excited for the ACC tournament this week, all the, all the big conference tournaments this week. And then, getting into the big tournament next week. I just, it's the holiday. The holidays are here. Love it. Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I, this is fun college basketball time. Like as much as we talk about and stress out about how our teams are going to fare, which side of the bubble they're on and all that. It, it's exciting. I, I love the small conference tournaments watching those because that's how it is. It's when or your season's over or you go to the NIT or, Yep. whatever tournament that you're you find willing to accept um before you go to <laughs> before you talk about this other one that i know you want to talk to i do want to say congratulations longwood that, that was awesome yeah, to see them win their conference and get yeah. into the tournament i don't remember the last time longwood was in the tournament so that's awesome i don't know if it's ever happened yeah i i, I like the local ones yeah i think you hit touch there we we now know Liberty's not gonna advance to any more postseason tournaments I, an interesting decision. Um, you know, they weren't going to the tournament, the big tournament. So I guess they're just saying no to the NIT, which surprises me. I mean, I know they're leaving that conference, but it it's beneficial to go to these, even even when it's not the big dance, it's beneficial for your program to get a couple more weeks of practice and you maybe approach it a different way, knowing, you know, you're you're wrapping up the season here. Um, you know, you try to win as much as you can, but also um you know, you're you just – I've saw Virginia Tech too many times in the NIT, and it just seemed like a, a different approach. And sometimes they went on little runs because of it. And I, I don't know. I'm just surprised they're not doing that for their program, their fans, and their players. I'm just surprised that's not what they want to do. So, I, Yeah, I'll say this. I, it's surprising to me in the aspect of – and I don't know. I've, I haven't been in Liberty's gym, so I don't know. Maybe they don't hang up NIT banners. But most programs do. Unless you're like a Duke or a North Carolina, like, and I haven't been in there. Maybe they have them too. I don't know. But I know at Virginia Tech, I know at JMU, VCU, other schools, like WNIT, NIT, like those banners get hung up. And that, that means something to those programs. And especially if you get to host, which Liberty would have hosted, because um, they would have been a, a regular season conference champion that had a pretty good regular season. Um, but give your fans the chance to watch the team a few more times uh, the extra it's practices, I think take or leave, but um, just have the fans support the team and let those players get a few more games in before they graduate. Um, but I would say the NIT is where I would draw the line. Anything below the NIT. I'm not here for CBI CIT. I, I don't, it just depends on what, what team you are. I understand your concept. CFP. Um, I, I don't, the CFPB, I don't know. I, I just think just it's weird to just announce, oh, we're not going to do any postseason tournaments. I, my first reaction is like, well, you're not invited to the big one anyway, so just chill. Like, but I'm but, pretty sure if you're a regular season conference champion and you lose in the conference tournament, automatic you, you are automatic NIT. So they would have yeah. been in the NIT. Basically what they're saying is we don't want to be in the NIT. Yeah, maybe they were yeah. just trying to be like, oh, well, we want to come out before the tournament, before the selection committee says we're not in. We're like, okay, well, we know what's going to happen. I'm not used to seeing it handled this way. I, I guess I, that just surprises me. You think, I don't know. I, I just, I think it's a weird look, but we've seen weird looks in that region before. Um, softball, I want to touch on because Virginia Tech had a heck of a weekend sweeping number nine Clemson. 
they're highly ranked. They're in the top 10 themselves, Virginia Tech. The RPI came out today. They're number one in the RPI for softball because they played Alabama. They've played Clemson. They've had enough success against them and the other teams they played, and they're 14-3, and three, uh, having a good, great year. So uh, I, I'm going to keep talking about Virginia Tech softball because I think we got something brewing there. All right, so to our usual wrapping up the show topics, uh, the only one I really have I'll hit on first is, uh, I don't know if this is what you need to know or what's been dominating my life. I know it's been dominating my life is Little League basketball. I coached two teams this year. We had two little uh, teams wearing black jerseys running around Riverheads uh, in, the, in, the, in the girls' division. We had the K through 2 who wrapped up a week ago, and then this week our third and fourth graders got a championship game um, against the other Riverheads team, and uh, they came up short. But I really challenged them at practice this week to to know it's a championship game, and we want to win. We want to we want to go out there and we want to win. We want to pay attention to at the end of the game who has more points. I want that to be a lesson because I I feel like. You know, in the smallest league, they don't even keep score. And I feel like during the season, sometimes it varies on, you know, what's going on. I thought, here's one game situation. I don't want to put all the pressure of the world on them. I don't want to make a continuous thing. Here's a championship game. And I was so proud of how these girls responded to that, um, it, including my daughter, who really stepped up her defensive game, which is already at a high level. She's a little scrappy thing out there stealing the ball. She's underneath everybody stealing the ball from them. She picked it up even in this championship game. Wasn't enough to get us the victory. Uh, the other team, um, well-coached, also had a has probably the best kid in this age division on that team, and, and she uh, was able to make some big baskets for them. Um, so we didn't, we didn't get that victory, but uh, they still had fun. They still had fun playing. Um, they were disappointed they didn't win, but it didn't, didn't keep them down. They were happy eating cupcakes moments later, and I, I think that's important to have that lesson to have that feeling that they don't want to have again and, and they'll experience it again. We all win and lose at times, but uh, I was really proud of that with that team. And uh, you know, I'm not trying to make myself sound good, but I like, I like that I challenged them in that way and, and it got responded to. So it makes me feel like I did something right throughout the season. So uh, happy it's over though. It was the first weekend in like three weeks. We didn't have, you know, four games in two days between the two teams I'm coaching. So um, it was nice to have, a relaxing Sunday for the first time in a month. And uh, so it was good. And uh, I'm happy, happy the season's over. Looking forward to coaching again next year. And, uh, and hopefully we can kind of roll back some of these same teams and we'll get our, get another chance at that, at that red team. <laughs> yeah, that's always fun though. And I'm, I'm glad you're getting to spend time with your kids and um, coach them while they're still young and want to be coached by you. Yeah, I sometimes with that third and fourth grade team, you know, I had coached the K through two a couple of years with my oldest and then she had moved up and I was still coaching the K through two with my middle kid. I, there was moments where I'm like, yeah, do I am I burning enough depth to this third or fourth? They, do they need more for me uh, basketball knowledge wise? And not that I don't have it in there somewhere, but it's just not up at the top. You know, it's it's it was there when I was in high school getting coached up and, you know, I just haven't had to use it in a while. So I started second guessing myself, but it was also around the time that we played the hardest team from Stewart's draft, like two weeks in a row that was very talented. And they basically have their AAU team in the league and, you know, really talented team, really well coached. So once we got around the other teams that had similar practice schedules at us, we were, we were competitive with everybody and uh, 
beat some of them and it was, it was good. So I, I think I'll be ready to coach him again next year. I don't think I need to retire. Uh, I don't think I'm, wow. I don't think I'm underwater yet. So uh, the, if, when they move up to fifth and up, I'm, I might have to hand it over to somebody that's more versed in recent coaching. So we'll see. Wow. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that and we'll, the press offense, I put it in way too late in the season. That's that's really my wow. my big point okay. here. Well, now you know. Next year's <laughs> a different year. But what is getting ready to dominate my life is this week uh, will be the second leg of Champions League round of 16 action. Uh, and then in about two weeks, we'll have our first F1 race of the brand new season, which I know Leland is excited about. Um They've got they've introduced this paint schemes for the cars this year. Some of them have changed more than others. Uh, Do they change uh, throughout the season, or is it just the one for the whole season? Pretty much the one for the whole season. Some have yeah. introduced like special ones for certain races, but for the most part, it's the same all the way through. They don't change sponsors does, or anything. It does bug me in NASCAR. Like it seems week to week, there's a lot of change. Like this week, like I kind of, I, I, I've talked about the podcast. I follow Bubba Wallace and what he's doing. He got wrecked this week, and like as it's happened, I didn't even know it was him. Like I, I'm sure I turned into the race late, but I just wasn't used to that paint color and the Dr Pepper on his car. I, I that does it's it seems like it changes more than it used to. So it it's hard for me to get used to that. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I'm so excited you need to about that this. Tide car out there running. You want to know. Who's in that tide car? Man, those were the days, huh? Like, yeah. the sponsors <laughs> didn't change. They were the same every year. You got they to paid know enough who the money car. to have it all season. Yeah, you knew who the car was. You knew, well, not just a season. It was like a decade. And you knew who yeah. the driver was, and you knew what the car looked like and the number, and they weren't switching around. Man, That's like when Dale days. Earnhardt Jr. switched from, like, the 8 to the 80. I was like, I don't like it. He's in a Mountain Dew. I didn't like any of that. That's, oh, it was weird. It was weird. It was weird. Um, but... Yeah, it was. Um, I, I thought it was great that uh, the F one season's getting ready to start here in a couple weeks. They're going to do testing at Bahrain, where the first race is next week, um, and so then the race, the the Bahrain Grand Prix, will be in two weeks. But that second leg of the Champions League round of sixteen is going to be huge. Looking for Liverpool. I don't love that Mbappe is now rumored to be missing the second leg match against Real Madrid. That might be a problem for PSG, but I still. That was, the, that was a weird pause. You just get, he might be missing the third leg. I was like, the second leg. He's yeah. Missing. He's, he's injured. Yeah. No, he's, we know where he is. He just might be hurt uh, and not be able to play, which would be a bummer. But I do think they there. still probably have, uh, they still probably have enough to win. So uh, we've done, we all we can to save her. They did all they could. And she's going to be just fine. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Um, but yeah, so I know uh, I'll be talking about it for the next few weeks. So it's a great time yeah. to be me. It's a terrible time to be Leland on this portion of the podcast. So if you could just relate each Liverpool win to which Billy Joel song that it lines up with, that would just be full circle. Here. You know what? You got it for you. <laughs> I will do that. That was the 16th, 16th ranked win, so that matches up with. I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know. Sixteen Billy Joel songs off the top of my head to uh, roll off with. I know you do. That's Save offensive. it. You, you need your ammo for for future weeks. Um, 
All right, let's get out of here and uh, make sure you tell your friends to follow us at the Axports Pod so they can get to know us on social media as they begin to listen to us. As we're diving into spring sports season coming up, I actually have a whole tab on this spreadsheet getting ready to go for spring sports season as it's happening on time this year. It's not going to start in May like it did last year. And so we're looking forward to that. They'll get softball, baseball, tennis, track, all the good stuff. We'll have, I'm sure, people competing deep into the season and all those. So we're going to start covering that immediately. And make sure those friends that you're telling to start listening to us are subscribing to us on Podbean, Apple, Google, or Spotify, or anywhere they can find the Yak Sports Podcast. We'll be happy that they can hear us. Make sure you're interacting with us. It's not, it doesn't just have to be Jeff Wright. I love it when Jeff Wright, I know, I love it when I know when Jeff Wright listened. I love on a Tuesday or Wednesday morning when all of a sudden he's on Joe's side about some argument. As, as much as I don't like people on Joe's side, I love the interaction. But see, he's right. Oh. Derek Jeter is overrated. Incredibly We're overrated. This again. Overrated is fine. I will say that. The word overrated, I have no problem with that. When you start saying he's trash, that's when I throw my arms up. That's when I throw my arms up. He's so not a first ballot Hall of Famer if he's not a Yankee, is my point. We'll talk. If you change everything, everything's different. We'll be back next week. We'll not argue about Derek Jeter next week. We'll apparently hear about Billy Joel. Listen for other reasons, though. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.